Episode 44, Changing a Law Firm's Client Relations Management Program. My conversation with Natalia Blitty, a smart advocate. I'm Michael D. Eisenberg. I'm the Tech Savvy Lawyer, blogging at the techsavvylawyer.page and host of the techsavvylawyer.page podcast. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing lawyers, judges, and others in the area of law to talk about where they see lawyers new and seasoned, taking advantage of technology in their legal work, and how all lawyers can utilize technology to better their practice, improve their services to their clients, and enhance their own lives. My next guest is Natalia Blitty. Natalia is the business development specialist for Smart Advocate. Smart Advocate is a cloud-based, award-winning legal case management software. We had an interesting conversation about the many things you should consider when you want to transfer your practice to a new CRM. Enjoy. Natalia, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Michael. Happy to be here. Thrilled to have you here. And to get things started, what is your current tech setup? That's a very, very good question. So my tech setup in the office it mm-hmm. consists of a window-based um, uh, desktop. Uh, and I also have um, I have a Mac at home uh, that I use, um, and I have two screens, which makes it easier for me to work. Uh, and I have a wonderful headset, which you can see here. Um, other than that, that's about it. So, are you running Windows 11? Yes, I believe and so. Who- <laughs> maybe we, we maybe we even upgraded to the 14. Wait, Windows 14. No, no, you're thinking uh, that's Mac OS. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I get those mixed up. <laughs> um, and, oops, sorry, I'll let you find that real quick. Let's see. Uh, yes, it is the latest one. So it has okay. to be the 11. Perfect. All right, and, well, who's, who's, who made your computer? Um, it is, let me see. I have Acer. Acer, excellent. So yes. I, I, take, I take it you don't know the guts of it. Um, unfortunately not. <laughs> and who made but your? I, I know uh, quite a bit. I know quite a bit about the software <laughs> and uh, what we typically do. Well, so uh, I know we're going to talk about your CRM in a minute. That mm-hmm. being said, what browser do you use? Which one do you prefer? There, I typically I prefer Google Chrome. Um, mm-hmm. Our system is compatible with any browser. Um, I I think. I personally prefer Google Chrome, and that's what I use for for most, um, you know, Google searches and um, run in our software as well. Now, do you use Google Chrome at home as well for when you're doing work from home? Sometimes Safari, but Google Chrome seems to be the preferred um, browser. So I have to ask, which one do you prefer, Windows or Mac? Hmm, if, you're, if you're allowed to say it works. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't want to start the larger debate. <laughs> There's no, benefits no. to both. Um, and and who made your, your headset? Who, who hmm. made your headset? You're asking good questions. I don't have an answer to that. I could probably sure. take it off. Well, you, you, you sound great. Uh, that's the important part. <laughs> Thank you. And which... Which platform do you use for your smartphone? Okay, so smartphone is definitely, definitely an Apple. You know, okay. I know there's a there's a big debate, but yes, I'm an I'm an Apple person. Now, was that a, a BYOD, bring your own device, or did your your office supply with that? Yes, it's the second. So we okay. Do. So so you use the smartphone for for Apple and use Windows for your computer. I, I always find that correct. 
that dichotomy a little bit interesting because everyone loves Correct. their iPhones and how reliable it is and how easy to use, yet they have Windows. But yep. like you said, that might, that might be a story for another day. Do, do you have it any is. tablets there? Oops, sorry. Uh, I, do. I'm sorry. I actually, no, that, that's, that's okay. We actually do. So uh, typically for my demo, and especially on when I'm on site, speaking with somebody, mm-hmm. I will use a tablet. I will use an iPad. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have it in front of me because I left it at home, but it's one of the latest generation iPad. Um, so typically I will run the demo and presentation on my iPad mm-hmm. as well. As How do you like that M1 chip? I like the it. The M1 chip, in, oh, you, don't t- you can't tell the difference in the recent uh, models? Not to that degree, no. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's get started with our questions. Sure. What are three ways your lawyer-created CRM is unique from other CRMs? That is a... F- Wonderful question. You know, I've been working with Smart Advocate for about six years now, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I know a great deal about what our system does, and as well as what our competitors do. Uh, I think when it comes to Smart Advocate and what we do in, in Smart Advocate, is we our goal was to create a out of the box solution to have all the automation tools, to have the document generation, uh, to have um, as many um, email templates and document templates to make uh, to make automation part of it is much much easier. Um, so that would be one. Um, also, um, having an ability with client communication. So there's also um, instances. For example, there's functionality within Smart Advocate that allows you to seamlessly communicate with the clients. Uh, that would be via mass follow-up emails or, or mass text, as well as client portal. So I think those, the automation, the client communication, and also ease of use. I have to say also the third one is the most important one is it's easy to adapt and it's easy for an end user. Somebody who's, let's say, not super, super technical, your paralegals, your, you know, mm-hmm. your typical office manager, somebody who can come in and say, oh, okay, I can use this. I can sit, I can sit, I can create cases, I can create documents. That's, uh, that's where Smart Advocate comes. It's easy to use. It has all the automation tools and it has um, a lot of client communications tools. Well, you mentioned portals, and I think you mentioned emails and instant messages and texts. What about phone calls? Uh, Phone calls can be recorded in the system as far Mm as uh, uh, phone calls. So what we can do, we could integrate this uh, phone system uh, Mm -hmm. with Smart Advocate. So, for example, the client would have a a phone, soft phone, and a service, and Mm -hmm. we we can set up an what we call an integration, where whenever right. the client calls, uh, the smart advocate will up, would pull up the case number, right? Or if I see the case number within the system, I click on the phone number, and it will dial that phone number uh, on my soft phone. So that's one of the integrations. So from the integrations that I hear you're talking about, from the automations, the client communications, that those sound like they're, if you will, baked in. Are there any that you use that rely on programs like Zapier that help connect, Uh, you know, typical programs that you don't typically see having connections? 
Sure. So uh, there's, we have actually a huge integration list and Zapier is one of the integration where you could integrate cases mm -hmm. automatically coming in or any, any information about the cases that would come in through Zapier as well. Uh, there are several others that, uh, that we have on our list of integrations. You can actually find it on smartadvocate.com. There's a full uh, partner list that we have, whether mm -hmm. it would be, a, you know, whether it would be a court reporting or perhaps retrieval services. Um, that's something that, that would a lot of our clients use, for example, you know, automa automated record management mm -hmm. um, to say, and I'm, I'm sure we can find more. <laughs> well, excellent. Uh, so let's move on to question number two. Uh -huh. Many attorneys are hesitant about switching CRMs. Their concerns seem to primarily rest on the loss of data during a transfer from one CRM to the other. What are three things attorneys can do to make the transfer error-free? Uh, okay, so we can actually talk about it for a very, very long time. Um, uh, data preservation is very important when you when you switch in from one mm -hmm. system to another. Uh, we are in Smart Advocate, for example, we are we are presented with a lot of. Um, data conversions. So for example, if somebody's switching from one legacy system to smart advocate, what that means is we will take the backup of their data and we would transfer it to smart advocate. That is a process. And we typically in smart advocate, we're very transparent uh, mm -hmm. about that process. What do we typically, again, uh, we don't want to, we don't want to make, we want to make sure a, that the data is secure and then that the quality of the data is not compromised during that conversion. So those are the most important things, right? You want to make sure that data is transferred, that it's secure, and it's not compromised. So one of the, and again, I could talk about what we typically do in Smart Advocate, but one of the things to ask whenever you switch in from one system mm -hmm. to another is, I typically have a few questions. Basically, first of all, is who's going to be doing your conversion? You want to know what is the, is it going to be an internal team of the system that you switch into that mm -hmm. will be doing data conversion? Or this is going to be another outsourced company that will be staking the data? Because there are some instances where, you know, um, the, the data conversion is done by a third party. So you want to know, um, you want to get as many references from current clients who went through the data conversion to that process. You want to get, you know, as much information, what was the good points, what should what you should prepare for, that kind of thing. And also, what type of conversion would that be? Because conversion could be different. It could be a data conversion from the backup. It could be a data conversion from spreadsheets as well. So um, in both instances, it means different things. Mm -hmm. And it will require steps from you as a client, and it will require steps from the software or uh, the software that you're switching to. Um, is, there, is there a typical, if I may, is there a typical format that you prefer or is used in uh, this kind of transfer? In other words, do you use, like I said, a spreadsheet or I think it's like the CRV files uh, that used to come out of contact minder programs? So uh, yes and yes. Uh, we've done uh, all kinds of data conversions. So if we have somebody that comes with the data uh, that has a data backup from, let's say, a system in whatever mm -hmm. format they have it. Typically, you know, if it's, let's say, if it's a SQL backup, we would want to get that, we would want to get that data. Mm -hmm. And we will convert those tables and we will convert it into smart advocate format. We do have a standard spreadsheets we typically use. So for those mm -hmm. people that, let's say, come over uh, and 
don't have a system, they can fill out the columns, data information, and we can push that within Smart Advocate. Uh, and the, those, those can vary to a degree and it can be customized. So anything virtually can be imported. Uh, we do have some standards. We have a self-import option even within our system as well uh, for case uh, information and the contact information. So somebody can technically uh, come to Smart Advocate, get Smart Advocate, get those two spreadsheets, fill it out by themselves and import them by, itself. by themselves. They don't even need Smart Advocate. But like I said, it, anything can be imported. How, how long does this process typically take? Uh, that's not a very good question. It can take anywhere from a few days to a few months. It really? depends on. Yes, absolutely. And uh, let me tell you why. Uh, it depends also not only on the size of the firm, um, mm -hmm. because obviously um, the size of the firm matters because the timing can be different. Um, there's also if the, uh, the firm is larger, the data conversion, especially if it's from backup, can take a few iterations. Mm -hmm. For example, we can convert it if we can do an initial conversion and we can get a feedback where we could say, oh, you know what, we, we need to make some changes and we will do, uh, you know, we will convert the data again. So in that sense, the few of the iterations can easily take time frame of a few months, depending on the right. client's time frame and our, our time frame. Typically, if it's a very simple setup, if we have a few standard spreadsheets, we, we're talking um, a matter of a few days. The system is up and running, you upload spreadsheets. That's the easiest scenario. So I've got two questions, sort of like either end, if you will. Uh, the first mm -hmm. is, how long should a customer hang on to their old CRM before being completely immersed in their new CRM. Does that make any sense to make sure that there's like everything's converted over, that all the reminders and the due dates and the client information is, has been converted properly? Uh, that's a, that's a, that makes sense. It's a very good question. And I, um, I am mildly a hoarder when it comes to <laughs> these yeah. things. I can understand having a, a backup of the old data, but you don't want to have to be constantly paying another CRM just to have that mm -hmm. backup as you're trying to use the new system. So uh, that's that's a very good question. So typically, this is what we do with Smart Advocate, and that's probably a good rule of thumb. Let's say, if you, Michael, say, well, you know what, I have so and so uh, CRM uh, system, and I, I want to come over to Smart Advocate. Mm -hmm. We'll of course start this process, and. We'll, let's say plan for a few weeks, let's say a month's uh, mm -hmm. lead time, we'll set up the project map and that's typically what we do. And what we will recommend you to do is to use your current system until we do the final conversion. So in mm -hmm. other words, we first will take a first data set and then before the live date, right before mm -hmm. the live date, we will ask you for the final data set because obviously right. you will enter new data. So after that live date, we will enter everything. And that, at that point, you're free to stop using another system because you will have all of the data converted to historical data as well. So then on the other side, if I may, what are three reasons you're finding um, clients and customers to switching from their old CRM to a new CRM? Hmm, various reasons. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would have to say... Um, what are your favorite three? <laughs> favorite three. I think uh, what I see um, mm -hmm. typically is 
a system is not a very good fit for what they do for their practice area. Because obviously, you know, in 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 our industry, there's, there's there's a lot of different systems. There's a lot of different softwares, and we kind of are tailored to to different practices, groups, and things like that. So uh, you want to make your research. That's that's probably the reason reason number one. It's not exactly fit very well okay. to what they do. Um, second is the second reason why people switch is of course the system not being adapted. Um, you know, uh, staff is not using it um, and doesn't find it easy to use, probably. Okay. okay. Uh, that's that's a driving force. So if the first one is doesn't have a functionality, doesn't fit very well to their practice area, that's one. Second is staff is not using it. Um, a third reason is probably, mm, well, if it's not really a reason, I would have to say, but more of a... a, a People want something, you know, a system works, but they want something, something new, something that will improve their functionality. It, it is a good reason to switch in the end, because, you know, if you have a system that was good 20 years ago, maybe now there are better systems that would fit what you need. Um, Hasn't kept up with more. the times. Yes. So in that gotcha. sense, you know, the system still works for you, but it's better. Well, I'm going to throw in a little bonus question here, something that you and I talked um, before the recording that mm -hmm. uh, I've been getting some questions on. And I wanted to ask uh, people like you who represent you know, companies like Smart Advocate, how does online CRMs like Smart Advocate help onboarding virtual staff, secretaries, law clerks, and other attorneys? That's an that's, that's a excellent question. Uh, so in Smart Advocate, we uh, typically have a process that we set up um, onboarding. So there are mm -hmm. two parts to, uh, for, the, for, for the answer, um, to give you a good answer. So typically okay. with the new onboarding, um, you know, if somebody decides to go forward with Smart Advocate, there's a complete onboarding package. And there's also um, training for ongoing training for those people that already use Smart Advocate for, you know, months or years. Somebody, uh, you know, uh, that needs to train new staff, somebody that needs to get their questions answered. So there's two different things. In the first case scenario, when we are onboarding a new firm, mm -hmm. there are a few parts to it. So there's typically what we call an admin training or an implementation. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a mix of both. Uh, it's um, training the key people within your firm who would be a, a knowledgeable about Smart Advocate, who would know how to administer Smart Advocate, who would have full control over the system, how to set up user permissions, how to set up different reporting, and who can see certain areas with, within, uh, within Smart Advocate. So that typically uh, is done first. And it could be one person or it could be a few people within your firm. So once that process is done, uh, we typically deploy uh, an LMS system and that we, we, we do that for, for every single client that we have. And it's a learning management system that we created. It's an online learning management. It's a combination of okay. videos, you know, point and click um, answers. Um, so that's a second part. And we also have an ongoing trainings as well. Um, uh, Let's backtrack. Also, we also have an individual training. So, let's say once the per, uh, once the firm is ready to go live, we will have an individual training for the individual users. So, let's say we've converted all of the data and everybody's 
set, we set the live date, this is where we will use the uh, time to, to do a user training. We'll have somebody there either live in person in their office or, mm -hmm. live, or, or live on Zoom training the staff. Um, and at that point, the firm will go live with Smart Advocate. So after that, uh, they onboarded with Smart Advocate, let's say I hired a new paralegal. Mm -hmm. We have an ongoing webinars and they are live webinars, just like what, what we are in, this, in the same Zoom format that we have. We have those every day, except Friday. I don't think anybody ever shows up on training for Fridays. So we decided to eliminate Fridays as a training days. But we do uh, have those uh, from Monday through Thursday. And those webinars range from, for diff from different topics. We have a basic webinar, which covers just the basic training for Smart Advocate. And we also have an intermediate uh, webinar that's a little bit more advanced. And we also have a training on dashboards and reports. We also have an admin uh, section training refresher. We also have an open Q&A for anybody that wishes to come in and ask our trainers the questions. So it's kind of sort of a community and group uh, that we have. So weekly trainings. Well, so this kind of uh, thought generated in my head, what kind of customer service areas should, should you be concerned about if a CRM uh, company is not providing? I mean, have you seen other other companies, uh, you don't have to name them by name, but where, you know, it's clearly not providing the customer service that a, a client wants or should need and should be receiving? You know, most of what I see uh, in this area, in this space that we are in, mm -hmm. um, kind of focuses, focuses mostly on initial onboarding. I've seen mm -hmm. so, many, uh, so many firms switch to us because the onboarding, the initial implementation flopped. Or didn't gotcha. go as planned, or mm -hmm. you know the salesperson overpromised and underdelivered, and it's right. it's typical. Right. That's why I always say, ask those questions, um, not comfortable questions. What will happen with my data? You know, you you have to ask those questions before signing on the dotted line. So those are the biggest issues in customer service that we see. As far as ongoing customer service, um, typically, uh, you know, if if the system, let's say the software doesn't respond to a lot of support inquiries, of course, um, you know, after a certain time, uh, law firms will switch. And I've seen that also, uh, people switching because, they're, again, they don't get a response, they don't get that feedback, they'll, they'll go somewhere else. And switching systems is very difficult. So, and especially, you know, especially if you are if, if you have a few people that are working in the law firms, it is, it is a difficult process. But if the customer service and support is lacking, people will switch. So I have to ask, as you're in the trenches, what is like some of the biggest CRM initiation onboarding flops that you've been aware of? I'm not saying from Smart Advocate, but perhaps more stories you've heard from other from, from new clients regarding other CRMs. Okay, um, that's a good question. I have a few for you. Um, Please, I always like a good story. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, typically it's misrepresentation. And I, I mentioned that before, but uh, misrepresentation of what the system can do and it will not, uh, that's, a, that's a big one. Uh, for example, you know, uh, like the system will have, you know, the document management that will do A, B and C and D. And it doesn't. And 
you know, and uh, but as, as a matter of fact, the system doesn't have an ability to even design the templates. So I've, I've seen that before. So wow. um, misrepresentation of facts, it, it probably is the biggest one. And it doesn't, you know, it's just one simple example, but there, there's a lot more. Also misrepresenting, uh, misrepresenting how long will it take? Um, typically when I talk to the client, I will, I'll give an average estimate of what I've seen based on user count, uh, based on the conversion, what we've seen, typical. And I would give the average. I could say that it could be shorter, but it could be longer. It really does depend on a lot of factors which, which depend on the client and depend on us as well. So it's kind of like this, uh, this work. Um, we have to work together. But that's also, um, uh, that's also a big one, um, misrepresenting the timeline. Yes, you could, be, you could be live with our system in, in, in two, three weeks, and it doesn't happen. Or let's say we will convert this and this data, and it doesn't happen. Or we you will know, charge kinda, you then. I, I think it's kind of odd that the CRMs would be misrepresenting certain things, facts, timelines, et cetera, to lawyers, because that's pretty much like the one group you really don't want to be lying to or misrepresenting yourself to because, you know, lawyers, lawyers know how to sue. Uh, uh, lawyers are litigious. Yes, absolutely. Yes, uh, but yes. ho however, if, if, let's say some of the software that I, I know, for example, and again, I don't want it to make it a bash a competitor session right, right. here. It's, don't, don't, just don't mention uh, them. You, you, could just, you could talk about them, but you don't have to mention the, the name, by name. Right. Uh, it, you know, once you get that contract signed, uh, unless this, there's a fine print on how exactly this conversion will be done, which fields are we right. going to take, which it's not. You will, you will not have that fine, fine detail of how mm -hmm. things will be done. A lot of times what has been said, set on the demos does not exactly connect to what the work that's being done. And a lot of times I've seen the instances where uh, if, 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 let's say, uh, data needs to be converted in a specific way, they're charged X, Y, Z extra. And then that's something that the firm doesn't account for um, because, again, it was not said during the very first demo a second demo so i have to ask uh does smart advocate charge for a data conversion uh in a certain instances yes in a certain instances no so uh let me give you a few examples just to to make okay. it clear sure so, please absolutely so uh the self-upload option uh there's csvs that are part of the system that you can um, that you can fill out and import. Those are absolutely free. Uh, we also do our standard spreadsheet conversion that contains a little bit more data sets than this uh, self-import option. That also can be done for free. Um, we do charge for specific customizations. If we're talking about still spreadsheet conversion, then yes, that could vary from anywhere from 500 to depends on how many iterations and, and, and things we need to, uh, customizations we need to do, manipulations mm -hmm. with those spreadsheets, anywhere from 500 to 3,000, that's, uh, that would be my guess. And the data conversion from the system backup, if we are taking the backup of another system and analyzing it and converting, it's typically a few thousand and up. Excellent, excellent. Well, let me ask for the last question, what are your three favorite third-party integrations attorneys can use with Smart Advocate and other CRMs? 
Mm, there are so many. I'll, it's hard to pinpoint three. You got to pick three. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I have it's to the way the show goes. <laughs> Okay, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Um, I have to say uh, anything that um, saves time. So, for example, uh, case creation, right? You could manually create the cases within mm -hmm. Smart Advocate, mm -hmm. but you can also push it automatically through Zapier or other means, things like that. So, for example, we have one of the integration partners like social media. Right. We have an integration, you advertise on social media, those campaigns could be automatically pushed to Smart Advocate. I like it because it saves time, you automatically get notified, or even then, you know, uh, that the, the data comes into Smart Advocate, and again, it's a CRM, and it's also a case management, so you can set up a process. Anytime a new lead comes in, you can set up a text, so I have that phone number for that client, you can set up a rule where the system will text the client, hey, thank you for contacting our firm. I'll call, you know, somebody will call you back shortly and things like that. So there's an automatic engagement. So I like that. Um, of course, e-signature is mm -hmm. a must for, uh, you know, for, for any law firm, because the, the, regardless of what kind of law you practice, you will need e-signature at some point. It's easier. It lets you streamline the process a lot easier. So we do have a several integrations with different e-signature providers. I'm not going to, you know, uh, point those out, but obviously, you know, everybody knows DocuSign and all of those um, uh, providers where you can just go ahead and generate the document and then right click and text it to the client while I'm talking right. to the client. I could just right. make an effort to retain this client right while I'm on the phone. So that again, Automation, just as I said, automating, making things fast and efficient. Um, and so you get um, in two, get one more. All right, I'm struggling. I have, <laughs> I do, I have a few more, but you know what? I have to say, probably, I would have to say, um, I'm struggling between the uh, website chat, but okay. it kind of goes in line uh, with the same thing as social media. So let's put it in the same bucket, you know. Okay. Uh, you know that, that that could also be uh, the same if somebody send you a uh, somebody's chatting with a firm about the case it could also be transferred in the same way uh, into smart advocate but also have to say also third one any retrieval services mm -hmm. that uh, makes uh, that makes it uh, life easier for a lot of our clients so i have to kind of point that out a lot of our clients deal with medical records Mm -hmm. or getting records or other records, doesn't matter, employment records, medical records, anything you need to do. So, and dealing with third parties and getting emails and going to a um, portal here or portal there, downloading records is taking time. So by having an integration, again, you could request those records from within the system. You could push the button and it will go into that third party. And once they have a records, they will push it automatically with the documents as well. So that saves a lot of time. And all you, you will do, you will get a notification, hey, there's documents, let's say medical records for this case, right. which you requested. So, so I'm presuming, question. and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you're HIPAA, uh, HIPAA compliant. Yes. Okay, excellent. Well, not, 
Natalia, thank you for joining us. Where can people find you in Smart Advocate? Okay, um, thank you for, for having me. Um, you can easily find us on www.smartadvocate.com. You can also call me directly at 516-320-0980. I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. Um, also, um, you can reach out to us uh, via chat via our website and our main Your email? line, which my email is Natalia, which is uh, which contains I and a Y. It's N A T A L I Y A, and then the letter B, because I'm Ukrainian, so I spell it like uh, I spell it with an I and a Y. <laughs> <laughs> at SmartAdvocate.com. So Natalia B at SmartAdvocate.com. And is Smart Advocate on Twitter or Facebook? Uh, most definitely Facebook, and I believe we are on Twitter as well, although I hardly use it. I, I should, but we should be on Twitter as well. We are on LinkedIn and Instagram too. Excellent, excellent. And, and for the listener, I just want everyone to know that Natalia is from Ukraine and that we wish her and her family the best for her family members who are over there now. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you again for being on. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast. Our next episode will be posted in about two weeks. If you have any ideas about a future episode, please contact me at michaeldj at the TechSavvyLawyer.page. Have a great day and happy luring.